1: What if he's saying the truth? So what? I believe him. You believe what? That a bazillion boogeymen are going to turn up just because we give people free will. He's a liar, Loki. So am I. And I don't think he was lying. Not about that. Insane, yes. But maybe he was saying the truth.
2: Better, better hurry.
0: Timeline's already branching. So what are you suggesting?
1: I'm just suggesting we think about it.
0: And what precisely is there to think about?
1: are not you listening to what he was saying? That's the gambit. Remove the dictator and what fills the void.
2: Ah. <sighs> You want the throne.
1: No. That's not it, no.
2: I don't believe you.
1: Sylvia, the universe is in the balance. Everything we know to be true. Everything. I know the TVA has hurt us both. But what if by taking him out, we risk unleashing something even worse? All I'm suggesting is we just take a minute to think about it. I promise you from my heart, this isn't about a throne. was I thinking, trusting
0: you? this whole thing been a con?
1: Really? That's what you think of me? After all this time? Sure, why not? Evil Loki's master plan comes together. Oh, you never trusted me, did you? What was the point? Can't you see this is bigger than our experience? Why aren't we seeing this the same way? Because you can't trust? can't be trusted.
0: From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the MCU Diaries. It's a podcast dedicated to every Marvel Studios series on Disney Plus. So sit back, relax, and let's break down Earth's mightiest heroes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the MCU Diaries for the finale of Loke. Yes, Episode 106 for all time always. And I gotta say, I see why this episode is very divisive for people. I will tell you up front, I loved it. Uh, and I You know me. I've been very critical of of MCU shows. I've been very critical when they deserve it, uh, or at least when I believe that they deserve it. And I'm not one. I'm not a honk. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I love everything just because it's Loki or it's because it's by the MCU. No, no, I'll tell you when it's crap, just like when I thought that the uh, finale for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was crap. But I really enjoyed this episode. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't care about the the rock'em sock'em robots. I don't care about the big fighting. Like actually, I I just watched uh, an episode. uh, Well, uh, uh, like a cartoon movie of a Superman, but instead of him being in the United States, it was uh, him being in, in, in the Soviet Union. It's called Red Sun. It's on HBO Max. If you get a chance to watch it, it's really cool. It's like a great alternate universe. And like, I, I didn't care when Superman was fighting all the people and doing all this stuff. I just wanted to get to the actual narrative. And maybe, maybe my my likes have changed and evolved over the years. But I liked the fact that this episode was just essentially one giant conversation. Uh, I thought that was fitting for Loki and for the kind of show that head writer Michael Waldron has created. But, you know, before we get into the rest of it, uh, let's let's do this. Uh, go to maryandblake.com, check out all the great podcasts that we have there, whether it is uh, this podcast, the MCU Diaries, and all of the uh, written articles that are associated with each of these podcast episodes. You can find all of the previous podcast episodes like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision. They are all there as well. Uh, in addition to all the great other podcasts. And if you want to get in touch with us and tell me how much you loved or you hated the MCU Diaries for Loki, uh, you can just look up Mary and Blake on all of the social media platforms. We are there ready to hear from you. (sighs) But let's do it. Let's get into why I loved this episode so much. That's right, episode 106 of Loki, for all time always, is the finale. And it is a perfect thematic finale for both Loki and Sylvie. Though, like I said, I will tell you when I don't agree with things, and there is something here that also is just a little amiss, and that is the treatment of everybody else. Everyone else in this episode and everyone else in this this series seems a little bit like an afterthought. But this episode does take some big swings. I mean, instead of hitting out of the park, though, my sense is that Michael Waldron, he got a really long triple. (laughs) And that's not to say that this episode is bad uh, or that it should have been perfect. It's not a failure or it wasn't lacking in substance. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I think the success that Waldron has in forming a beautiful arc for Loki and Sylvie is worthy of really true remark, but it does fall a tad short for the likes of Mobius and B15 and even Ravona Renslayer. By the way, I just I'm 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 looking at the name in my notes here. Ravona Renslayer is just such an awesome name. It just a great comic book name. I love it. Anyway, instead of focusing on the missteps of this episode for right now, I do want to emphasize how extraordinary Michael Waldron's accomplishment is with sylvie and loki loki the series triumphs i think in the same measures and means that wandavision does with jack schaefer in the in, in her finale which was character and oddly enough character happens to be where malcolm spellman and the falcon and the winter soldiers finale and well that struggled pretty mightily in my opinion But for Loki, the series, by staying true to its main characters, Loki, it perfectly adheres plot and theme together while also delivering on a big surprise in a satisfying manner. And I am looking specifically at he who remains when I mentioned that. Last episode, we chatted a lot about theme and Digging deeper, we actually analyzed theme versus anti-theme and how that crafted a superior story for Sylvie and Loki as it relates to who Loki is and what Loki truly wants. The theme, of course, being connection and the anti-theme being power and loneliness. That is why the penultimate episode worked so successfully because it had an argument for either side which manifested itself in both Sylvie and Loki's actions. You saw the argument playing out right before you. It was a compelling story aided by some really great action, some fun variant hijinks that we all that we talked about and a gorgeous symbol of unity in that blanket scene which still I think is my favorite scene in Loki the series. We are talking about the finale, and I and I, I do bring up last episode because I think we have to go back not only to last episode, but all the way to the beginning of the series and understand Loki's journey in order to fully appreciate what the, this finale does and what it accomplishes. Because the finale is so limited in scope, again, focusing on what is essentially just a discussion of morals between He Who Remains and Sylvie and Loki, we must view the finale through a lens that I think encapsulates Loki's entire arc. As you know, a good finale is not just a singular story unto itself. Rather, it is a central dramatic argument that provides commentary on the story from where it began and all the way forward to the ending That it provides. So, when we talk about this lens and when we talk about Loki's journey, instead of connection, Loki pursued power throughout his entire life. And through that journey, Loki achieved a stasis of being. And he was quite content in that stasis of being. But then we have the introduction of the TVA, the entity which breaks loki's stasis and forces him to reconsider his ardent belief in the anti-theme the tva is what essentially fractures loki's entire belief system on the whole for example when he discovers that the infinity stones a symbolic goal or for power he pursued his entire life when the infinity stones are meaningless in the tva that revelation shatters him to his very core but why it Works so well, and it shatters him so well because that revelation is so specific to just Loki the character. Since the stones are nothing more than mundane, paperweight rocks to everyone else at the TVA, and they can but in in, in that light, they continue to live their lives just like their everyday lives, as as if nothing happens if, uh, happened with the 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 Infinity Stones, and that that mundane existence stands in stark contrast to Loki's. Entire life. It's a fundamental shift in core beliefs. And notice, though, that Loki's actions from that point on are not indicative of his breakthrough in 101. When he realizes that, whoa, there's some bigger things happening here. And despite his great revelation that the TVA might just be the most powerful force in the universe, he still tries to maintain his stasis. He fights the theme of connection, whether it's trying to escape to get back to his timeline or to gain audience with the timekeepers, keepkeepers, just so as to overthrow them for the, the sake of more power. But something does happen in episode 101. Something very interesting. Loki freely admits that his pursuit of power is nothing more in fear in episode 101. And that is what is foreshadowing everything that we're about to see in the finale.
1: I don't enjoy hurting people. I don't enjoy it. I do it because I... Have to, because I've had to. Explain that to me. Because it's part of the illusion. It's the cruel, elaborate trick conjured by the weak to inspire fear.
0: The desperate play for control. You do. Oh, (laughs) that might. You know, if the blanket scene is my favorite scene in Loki, this is my second favorite scene. I remember watching this and then talking about it with you on the MCU Diaries uh, and questioning whether or not I believed Loki in this instance. And, you know, I think I do believe him. You know, now that we've got a chance to watch the whole series and see what's come of it, I think I do believe him. Yes, 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 yes. This, this scene is just so great. And now, because we get a chance to go back and see where we began and, and what this foreshadows the scene, we're starting to see a shape of why Loki's finale is so fulfilling. The shape takes form because we, as an audience, can finally understand his motivations and resultant fear. Empathy. Fear. And the following consequences are nothing more than vulnerability. Vulnerability is what makes any character accessible. So when you boil it all down, Loki as a character is truly alive because he believed in the anti-theme, power and loneliness, to avoid his fear. (laughs) Do you see what's happening here? But this is not enough. It's not enough to make a fully complete show. While Loki recognizes his fear, he still pushes back against his theme, connection, because that is all he has ever known power and loneliness. Loki simply wants to kill the timekeepers, and nothing will change that. From episode 101 all the way to episode 106. <gasps> Wait, nope, wrong. Here's something that will introduce a whole new layer to Loki, and that is Sylvie. Yes, Sylvie, I know, I know that many people felt like Loki, the series, was, again, a little bit of a bait and switch because the narrative was so focused on the relationship shared between Mobius and Loki for the first two episodes, and then the show switches to something resembling what is essentially a rom-com. Yes, I get it. I understand why some people feel like that, but I wholeheartedly disagree because Mobius as a character is merely a measuring stick for Loki, while Sylvie is the driver of change for Loki. And that is why we watch this show. That is why we watch anything, for the process of change, because change is drama and drama is good TV. The focus on Sylvie is necessary because it exemplifies the exact opposite of the TVA's rule by being the embodiment of free will and chaos. Though she wants what Loki wants, the end of the TVA and the timekeepers, she also represents that the theme of this story is such Loki's most desired connection, and our Loki recognizes that the value Sylvie provides in that theme, she changes everything. It's this odd and relatively narcissistic relationship which leads to our moment of harmony between Sylvie and Loki, a culmination, if you will, of theme and anti-theme. And the harmony starts with the nexus event they both created on Lamentous One. But head writer Michael Waldron does something really smart. The moment Loki finally accepts his theme and pours his heart out to Sylvie in episode 104, he gets pruned. Why? Why does Michael Waldron do this? Because ultimately he's putting he's he's putting Loki back into his anti-theme. He is testing him. He is torturing him. By being pruned, it ultimately means that Loki will be stuck in a void with no one and nothing with whom to be in partnership. <laughs> I know he meets the Loki variants, but those Loki variants are just a mirror for what Loki is when he is alone. Do you see what happened here? Do you see the choice and the torture that Michael Waldron does on Loki and why this is so important? Because the moment that Loki reaches out, his belief, his very nascent belief in the theme, the one of connection is viciously slapped away. And to borrow a phrase from from Loki, the character, it's glorious. It's a glorious purpose. (laughs) But again, that's still not enough. No, no, no. Our story goes even further with the torture of Loki, our character, by upholding the anti-theme, by highlighting old Loki in The Void. The man who our Loki could become if he stayed with the anti-theme. Old Loki is a mirror for our Loki if he decides to not fight against Thanos. That comparison, as well as fate, is wildly ironic and satisfying because we could all see and remember the look of horror on Loki's face when he witnesses Thanos snap his neck like a little twig all the way back in episode 101 in the TVA. As such... Should Loki stay within theme, he would become someone who survived Thanos, but lived a life of unfulfilled solitude just like old Loki. Yet, Sylvie's very presence pushes him to choose a life of connection. In essence, because of his connection to Sylvie, Loki figuratively chooses, willingly chooses, a life of Thanos snapping his neck wow, that is overwhelming. He chooses connection knowing that he could get pushed aside or killed or that connection will slap him away. He chooses it anyway. And this is truly Loki's low point because now when he's slapped away and put into the void, he's now incapable of doing anything to reacquire his life Sylvie unwittingly promises. In other words, the theme of connection is too scary because even though he does choose it, he's still slapped away. And it's also unattainable because he's in the void. While the anti-theme of power and solitude is no longer appealing for Loki. He doesn't want to be in a world where he is connectionless. That is until Sylvie, the embodiment of free will and connection for Loki, willingly prunes herself to find Loki in the void. And they synthesize their existence together when they recognize how powerful they are when they enchant Eliath. It is a glimpse into a full life of connection and acceptance of theme. And together, through connection, they, Sylvie and Loki, are whole. Now, now. Now, 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 we can finally start to appreciate the finale because we understand the choices and the journey and what this all means now that we are at the finale. Because essentially, for all time, always, it boils down to Sylvie and Loki achieving their goal and finding who's in charge and having a very, very long conversation with that person, which serves as nothing more than a whole void full of exposition. (laughs) Yes, there's a guy in charge, and he refers to himself as he who remains. And although he is not a sacred lizard or uh, an all-powerful god, no, he who remains is nothing more than a man who created the TVA because he discovered the multiverse eons ago in the 31st century. Yada, yada, yada. There was... um, multiversal war and all of his counterparts all of his variants tried to fight for power and now he uses the TVA to keep them all in check on one sacred timeline so if he stops preserving the sacred timeline or he dies the sacred timeline which we have been adhering to this entire time the whole reason why the TVA exists the timeline falls apart and war begins again that's all we really need to know from this episode as an aside, though, Jonathan Majors, who was cast as He Who Remains, is outstanding. If one makes the seriously bold choice in crafting a season finale on the MCU, uh, uh, for the MCU equivalent of the Architect conversation from The Matrix Reloaded, whew, That is a bold choice, Cotton. (laughs) Uh, They need to make sure that it can be delivered in an entertaining and very complete fashion. And my goodness, Jonathan Majors does this in spades by giving us enough fun with the material. And he oozes charisma and charm. But he's also, he has just enough menace to believe that he has been alone for God knows how long jonathan majors oh is great if you wanted to, if you want to see more of him by the way you can watch him on lovecraft country uh, country i think that is on hbo from what i can recall uh i think so but he who remains and ultimately michael waldron they perform one final task that is absolutely instrumental in loki's journey and why this finale works so well Remember where we began and how Loki has journeyed to this point. Instead of having a huge fight, rock'em, sock'em, battle for power that redefines humanity, he who remains first offers Loki and Sylvie everything they've ever wanted before their journey to the Citadel at the end of time ever began power honest to goodness power and happiness right before they are about to achieve their goal he who remains gives them a chance gives them a security blanket, gives them a safety blanket to give them whatever they've ever wanted everything they've ever wanted from that time on from for time immemorial he he says okay you can have it and it's a final test And it is absolutely necessary in this journey.
2: And he wants to offer you a deal. He's been making a few creative adjustments, and he's worked it out so we can reinsert both of y'all back into the timeline in a way that won't disrupt things. And disrupt things? Mm Mm-hmm. The TVA can keep doing its vital work, and y'all can live the lives you've always wanted.
1: And what have we always wanted?
2: Now, don't play coy with me, mister. You know how you got into this mess. What? The Battle of New York, silly. You versus those self-righteous Avengers. How would you like to win? But not just there. You can kill Thanos. You want the Infinity Gauntlet? yours. Throne of Asgard? No problem. What about you, Missy? All those years on the run? Desperate? Alone? How would you like to wake up tomorrow with just a lifetime of happy memories? Two Lokis in the same place.
1: Both of us. Together on the timeline.
2: It's crazy. But he could make it work. All of it. Everything. Exactly the way you've always wanted. And you can have it all together.
0: It's fiction.
1: We write our own destiny now.
0: Oh, yes. 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 Oh, this is so good. It's just it's like Will Ferrell in uh, in uh, old school. Just it's so good when it hits your lips. Just so good. Oh, everything. Whenever you're going on a journey, whenever you have a story, you must give your protagonist a chance to have whatever it was they wanted right before the end so that you can they can make the choice there's a choice here Loki and Sylvie could say yes and everything would go back to normal or they could say no and they continue on with their journey either way there's a choice and there's a repercussion either good or bad not one is wholly bad not one is wholly good it's a real choice And there's a temptation, and it's important, because in making the choice, they choose theme, and they put down (sighs) anti-theme. Oh my goodness gracious, this is just so good. And it's at this point, of course, that we finally meet who he who remains, eventually, and Jonathan Majors does his best job at making some real intense exposition, truly entertaining. And once again, I must give credit to the writers for making this scene—a very long scene, by the way, for exposition—making it entertaining. But the kicker here is that he finally—he who remains— He finally reveals that he has specifically chosen Loki and Sylvie to run the TVA and facilitate the order he has created. He's made it, and he's allowed it, so that they could be here at this moment, right now, right in front of him, because he's getting old, and he's getting tired. And he thinks that only these two could run the TVA. Although, if they don't accept the position, well... They'll have to kill him, and there could be endless chaos. So, no more lies. You kill me,
2: and the sacred timeline is completely exposed. Multiversal form. Or you take over and return to the TVA as its benevolent rulers.
0: Tell the workforce who they are and why they do what they do. And this is important. This, too, is really important because it once again, gives Loki and Sylvie a choice. (laughs) And it's a final change, a final affirmation. This is it. This is the big conundrum. This is the final challenge. No lies, no manipulation, just choice. Chaos versus order. And going back to what we talked about in episode 102, free will or determinism and what happens sylvie chooses free will and loki chooses <gasps> order <laughs> he chooses determinism what do you remember what loki said about life without chaos in episode 102 it is boring how is this possible Because his journey with Sylvie has shown him otherwise. And this is why it is vital to understand Loki's journey before we can even consider the repercussions of this finale. The choice is the defining moment in Loki's life. Loki was once the man who went from saying, we write our own destiny at the beginning of this very episode to agreeing that he and Sylvie could literally destroy the universe if they practice free will. "'Why aren't we seeing this the same way?' asks Sylvie, and Loki responds with the somber notion of resignation. "'Because you can't trust, and I can't be trusted.'" And as the camera pans around to show a burning fire between the two, a literal and figurative deconstruction of theme and anti-theme to form a brand new synthesis, Sylvie wants free will at any cost, and Loki considers the consequences of a power vacuum once he who remains is gone. Essentially, Loki has a chance to get what he wanted from the beginning, to be the ultimate dictator of all, but he doesn't want it. Oh, the gorgeous irony. Oh, the gorgeous synthesis. A synthesis of a world Sylvie can't accept, and a world which Loki doesn't want. For Sylvie will force Loki to kill her before she allows he who remains to remain alive. Oh. And this is when it this episode when I was watching it started to remind me of that song. The ending the end is the beginning is the end. Because no matter what they choose it's all going to end up back to the beginning. It's all just going to The characters are going to end the same way. And it's remarkable and what's just as remarkable is that Tom Hiddleston is, he is, oh, he's awesome. And he really is a revelation. And he, as I noted, I think, last episode, he is certainly the best asset I think the MCU has now that Robert Downey Jr. has moved on. He, he sells every single word beautifully after he lays down his, his sword and he maneuvers himself in between he who remains and Sylvie. It's
1: be stop. 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 I've been where you are. felt what you feel. Don't ask me how I know. All I know is I don't want to hurt you. I don't want a throne. I just
0: just want you to be okay. And then we build up to the moment the big final kiss and in, in yes it's I think it might be somewhat unearned because we just didn't get enough of the relationship between Sylvie and Loki I think to earn this moment but what we do earn <laughs> what is earned is Sylvie's brutal response but I'm not you. And then she pushes Loki through a time door and from there she tries to some overly blatant intimidation tactics, all to no avail, of course. And then she plunges the knife into he who remains chest. He says, see you soon. And as Loki's fears are confirmed, we see all the branches of reality split into billions of different strands, pure chaos. And this is why the beginning is the end is the beginning. Loki chooses theme. Sylvie cannot. She chooses anti-theme. Oh. Oh. As a final torture, however, Loki breaks down in tears and tries to get help from Mobius, who doesn't know who Loki is. Why? Because the timeline has been changed forever. We, get, we cut to black right after revealing one large carved visage of he who remains where the uh, statue of the three timekeepers once stood. Because Sylvie chose anti-theme, the world is changed and they are alone. <laughs> Loki is alone. Sylvie is alone. The end is the beginning is the end. A normal story would reward Loki's faith in theme, allowing him the happy ending he deserves, thus affirming the new synthesis in theme. But this show is different, as it affirms theme through Loki. Well, it, as it affirms theme through bringing us back to the beginning. The most ironic ending is that Loki does not does achieve free will and utter chaos, but it is entirely against his will, because in the end, he is back to where he started at the beginning of the series. Loki, once again, is alone, without Sylvie. And the TVA is still firmly in power. Here it is, and here is the most important part. And this is why it was important to look back at the beginning of this series. Because now Loki must live in fear. Once again, he is alone. And the cycle of fear continues to emphasize what Loki most hates. The anti-theme of power and loneliness but it's the journey he just underwent with sylvie that could potentially provide enough optimism to finally forge his own path of free will order and connection now do you see why the end is the beginning is the end time for apropos of nothing for loki episode 106 for all time always the finale you by the way are Welcome for that obscure and awesome smashing pumpkins reference (laughs) in terms of the song. The end is the beginning is the end, by the way, that is still one of the, one of the best trailers I have ever seen is for that movie Watchmen. Uh, And it was uh, directed by Zack Snyder. And that trailer is set to this song. I would close out. Should I, or should I let Natalie Holt close this out? Hmm, I will make a decision. <laughs> but that song is awesome, and then that song in that trailer is one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Go check it out, it's great. I really didn't mention anything about Ravona or B-15, and that's because, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I feel like they aren't wholly necessary to the finale. I mean, Ravonna, yes, she goes on a mission to find out who's in charge, but we already saw that with Sylvie and Loki, so I'm not that interested in what Ravonna finds, like... She's just kind of there. Also, I feel like I'm supposed to feel more about the relationship shared between Mobius and Ravona, but it only feels like a, like a, an afterthought to me, and and I think thereby an afterthought to the, to the narrative. So again, I just don't care about it. If anything, it's just fodder for the next season. Now, we actually see why the next Doctor Strange film is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Don't be surprised if we see Ravona or maybe even Loki or Sylvie make an appearance. And, by the way, just for funsies, guess who's writing uh, that movie? Michael Waldron, head writer of Loki. Hmm. Just keep that in mind. Some are saying that the end of Loki, the series, matches up with the ending of WandaVision, the series. I don't doubt it. I haven't Tried it yet? Like if you if if you play it from a certain point, it matches up because there's like some red flares that come up, and I, I don't know, whatever. Ultimately, what I, what it means though is it matches up with Wandavision because while I don't doubt it, I also love the idea that Sylvie's murder of He Who Remains is what allows Wanda to hear her children at the end of Wandavision because of all the branches in time have now branched out and that allows connection in the multiverse and Wanda just simply has enough power or recognition through the dark hold to see all these branches it's an interesting theory and I kind of like it speaking of branches by the way did you see the set design of the citadel where he who remains is it was wrapped in veins of granite which help symbolize and emphasize the role of the branches throughout the sacred timeline also When Loki and Sylvie are talking with Miss Minutes, they bring up the notion that they think, wow, two Lokis in the same timeline. There's this great upshot of both Loki and uh, Sylvie, but also included is the statue of he who remains in the picture. And he's towering over both of them, looking down as the two of them contemplate the idea of them being together on the same timeline. Such great visual storytelling. Thank you, Kate Herron, for amazing directing. Jonathan Majors has uh, been, in fact, cast as Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man, Quantumania, which is the next Ant-Man film coming out. Now, you're going to say, well, how can Jonathan Majors die in this episode, but then show up in in a later movie? Well, notice that he who remains does not refer to himself as Kang. He does say that, Oh, I've been called many things and conqueror is one of them, but Kang, the conqueror. As of right this moment, we can only assume that Kang is one of the many variants of he who remains. And that is probably who the big statue is at the end of this episode. Also the opening montage of all the Marvel events in the MCU, uh, when the episode begins, Oh, and all the different, uh, um, songs and references to history—they're all part of the multiverse, uh, not not just the MCU, but like from history. That is awesome, and that and it reminded me the traveling through the through the sacred timeline and the branches. It reminded me of that show contact when Jodie Foster finally travels through, you know, the portal and she goes to see the aliens. It's very reminiscent of that. And and this is not the only contact reference that has been made in MCU. As we recall that we had a similar reference in WandaVision when, um, Monica Rambeau tra- travels through, uh, the, uh, the the bubble back into Westview for the second time. Very similar. I do like that we get a little bit of a payoff about the Franklin D. Roosevelt pen. It's actually the school where Ravonna was the principal before she was a member of the TVA. And they take all of the agents to that time to prove that all of these people all had lives before the TVA like that. That's a nice little payoff. Again, Natalie Holt has officially put together my favorite MCU soundtrack. It's not even close. Again, as I said before last episode, go download it. It is available everywhere. And there are two volumes. Volume one is episodes one through three. Volume two is episodes four through six. You want it. If you like soundtracks, you want this one. It's just so cool. It's so refreshing and different and... Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And by the way, we are officially getting a season two of Loki per the stinger at the end of this episode. As it says, Loki will return in season two on the file as a stamp. Oh, yes. Let's go. Who knows when it's coming? (laughs) My best guess is you're probably looking at 2023. That's my best guess, but I don't know. We'll see. So I think I've made my decision just because I love Natalie Holt so much. I'm not going to close out to the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm going to close out with our normal music because she deserves it and she's earned it. Let's do it. yeah I let that ride a little bit longer than I probably should have but you know what it's just so good oh it's so good Oh, it's just so interesting and fun and like epic but just different um, love this love this soundtrack please go get it ladies and gents thank you for taking the time to spend some uh, quality moments with me as it relates to the MCU diaries oh here here's part of, part of the theme that I love too It's just like, it's like kind of like cheesy, like old school, like Halloween theme, but like not Halloween, the movie, but just like Halloweeny feel like it's just so cool. Like old fifties kind of sci-fi. Uh, love it. Anyway, um, thank you for taking the time to listen to the MCU diaries and spend some time with me talking about Loki. Many people have asked, am I going to cover the show? What if? No. No. I'm not. I'm not going to cover What If, not because I'm not going to watch it, or not because I don't care about it, just because, to be honest, I need a break. <laughs> I need a break, uh, and I need, some, uh, I need to get some more bandwidth to do some of the other projects that we have going on, and I need some rest <laughs> from the MCU and from podcasting and everything in between. So the MCU Diaries will be returning, but in November when Hawkeye... Is coming out. It has just been announced that Hawkeye will be premiering in November. So uh, we'll check that out uh, at that time. I will return in November uh, with both written and podcast analyses of Hawkeye, which I look forward to, by the way. I look forward to because if you just watch Black Widow, um, Florence Pugh is set to also star in Hawkeye, and I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is also set to make an appearance in Hawkeye as well. So, all of these things are connecting, all of these things are going to be happening, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, and I think What If is a natural breakpoint for me, just to sit down and enjoy. Um, yes, because I'm sure it will have some impact on Phase 4 of the MCU uh, in some respect, but... I just i think it's a natural breakpoint for me so that's what we're going going to do listen if you want to find more podcasts and more episodes and more blogs and everything you can at maryandblake.com. You can check out all the great podcasts that we have there and great blogs including uh, coverage on The Handmaid's Tale. It's kind of a sister blog to the MCU Diaries. It's called The the Handmaid's Diaries. So if you like The Handmaid's Tale please go check that out. Uh, Or if you want to see the rest of the podcasts like Outlander Cast or The Ponderverse or The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake or all of the other MCU podcasts that we've done before uh, or we have special podcasts for uh, the, the the show the leftovers which is a, a great show on uh, HBO we had a we have a podcast for uh, this is us Gilmore girls I mean we got so many podcasts that you can't even <laughs> you, you can't even count them uh, so go to Marion check out all those great properties that we have there and if you want to get in touch with us you can do so just check us out on all the social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, not TikTok, because TikTok's ruined America. Uh, just look up Mary and Blake. And if you do want to support a mom and pop podcast like this and all of the other podcasts that we have at Mary and Blake Media, you can just go to jointhenerdclan.com and you get tons of great stuff free swag, just everything that you could think of, book clubs, all of it. It is all there at jointhenerdclan.com. Well, as for now, ladies and gents, thank you again for t- spending some time with me and Loki and at the MCU Diaries. I'll see you in November with Hawkeye.
2: Thanks for visiting the TVA. Don't hesitate to let us know how we're doing.